Welcome to Passive Investing School, where you'll learn how to get started on your journey for investing in multifamily apartments as a passive investor. You'll hear tips and case studies from actual real estate investors sharing their wisdom with you so you don't make the same mistakes they did and so you can be set up for success with your investments. Here's your host, Chris Tracy. Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Welcome back to the show. Well, how you doing, Chris? Chris, things are going fantastic. Awesome. Love to hear it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed our, our conversation so much last time. I figured we could do this again and just keep the ball rolling, you know, with all these great topics that we talk about, uh, you know, investing in, in apartment buildings, you know, there's just so much, uh, knowledge and, and wisdom you have to share. I figured we could just, just keep things running here. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And, and for the people listening at home, um, if you didn't get a chance to check out our last conversation that we had, uh, Jeff, gave some great fundamental tips and advice about how to get started as a passive investor. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, please go back and do so. But in the meantime, let's continue our conversation, Jeff, about that um, topic of being a passive investor. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, you know, they have uh, 401ks, they've got IRA money sitting around and um, can people use those funds oh, to get started in, in real estate, investing in real estate? Well, let's start with the 401k. If, if it's a 401k from a current uh, employer, uh, those are difficult to do because most of the time you can only invest in whatever the custodian says you can. And typically those are going to be stocks and bonds. You're not going to be able to invest in what's considered alternative investments, which is what the, the real estate is, uh, or any other private placement. If it's a 401k from a previous employer and you've never rolled it into either an IRA or rolled it into your current employer's plan, uh, that can be rolled into a self-directed IRA plan and either, either a t- traditional or a Roth. Both of them uh, can be rolled into a, another plan that you can self-direct, and there is no tax consequences on those. Uh, it's a direct rollover, and you do not have to pay any taxes on that. You just have to find a custodian that allows alternative investments. Okay, so that would be uh, step one. I would assume that, um, assuming that all those steps that, that you just mentioned, assume that, that all of those are, are in place and the person is in a good position and, uh, and an appropriate um, time for them to, to use those funds to invest in. Um, step one would be to get a custodian. And um, uh, how much does it cost, generally speaking, uh, to set things up? I mean, is it complicated or is it just kind of like a seamless process? The uh, setting up with a custodian usually isn't that much money. It may be 150 bucks or something. But the main, the main key is, is to do the research, and there's many, many different custodians. They all have different rules. They all have different fees. Uh, it's a lot different than um, your typical uh, stocks. And one thing you, you need to be aware of, and, and I noticed when I first did it, it looked like there was a heck of a lot of fees and like there was a lot of complication. But your fees are actually much lower than the typical uh, custodian that's holding your money. 
um, that you may now be investing in in the stocks. The one thing that you don't notice uh, on those other investments is you can't really see the fees. The fees are all behind the behind uh, the, the the curtain, and so when you get into a self-directed IRA, the fees are pretty much all up front. So you're going to see them. So you don't want to be shocked with a lot of different fees, but there are fees. Some of them have transaction fees. Some of them have uh, just uh, holding fees and setup fees. And you need to evaluate each one of those. But don't be surprised because those fees are straightforward up front. And the ones that you've been paying all along have been you know, in the background that you probably don't even realize that you're paying. So just be aware of that on your when you're looking at the fee structures. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you did mention that you have done this personally. So how did that all work out for you, Jeff? Uh, what, what are some of the pros and cons of doing this this avenue? Well, the the main thing is that I found in the beginning I did an investment with a very small amount of money. And I've also looked at doing this with my, my kids, that if you have a very small amount of money, say $10,000, and you go and invest it into a, um, some kind of investment where I've done some loans and, and those kind of things, you got to be real careful that the structure of your custodian, the fees aren't going to eat you up. Uh, I've had it with real small investments where the fees involved were costing me uh, equal to or more than what I was actually making on a transaction. So just be aware of of that. So when you get to larger investments, uh, typically your fees are not a large portion of of the uh, that they're not going to take away a lot of your profit. But that was probably the the biggest eye opener. And I did change from one custodian to another because I felt their fees were too high and I didn't really need a lot of the services they provided. So it's just something you're on a self-directed IRA, you're self-directing. You're, you are in a lot more control and therefore you need to be alert to what's going on as well as the type of investments. You're, you don't have as much scrutiny from the custodian where when you invest from a large, you know, from the Schwab or or one of these other guys, you're trusting that they're evaluating the deals, that they're evaluating the, the stocks and the bonds. And you hope that they have your motives in mind, which, you know, I, I can debate as far as what their priorities are. But in the case of a self-directed IRA, basically the custodian's responsibility is to make sure that what you're investing in is legal, that you legally can invest with your IRA so you're not putting your IRA at risk. That's their responsibility. It is not their responsibility to tell you if they think it's a good deal if they think it's a risky deal, uh, if they feel it's an appropriate deal, you're not going to get that from them. And um, you need to just make sure that you do your own due diligence. You don't have 
them to be looking over your shoulder on that type of issue. Yeah. And, and thus uh, highlighting the importance uh, for, for everyone listening to go back and listen to that first episode where Jeff give some fundamental tips on how to vet a sponsor, how to start to begin to interview someone who brings a deal to you, you know, that way you can start to begin the decision-making process of say, okay, well, is this a good deal? Do I want to get into this or not? So go back and check that out. And okay. So Jeff, the cons of the whole situation, obviously the fees, right? You said you can oftentimes experience fees that will be really, just out of control and, and they eat away at all the profits. Uh, what would be the biggest benefits to people? What are the pros of using their funds, their IRA money to invest in, let's say, uh, a multifamily apartment syndication deal? Why don't they just leave, just leave the money where it is um, and just kind of, you know, not worry about it? Like, well, what would be the biggest benefit to a person to taking that money and then putting it in a, in a multifamily deal? Okay, just to, just to clarify first on that, Chris, is you know if you're if you're dealing with a small amount of money, you just have to be careful for the most part that you know that the fees aren't eating up any profit that you're getting. Once you get to some larger fee, larger uh, investments, you know the fees end up being uh, pretty small. Um, the advantages is you have more flexibility. You can use that money if you want to invest in stocks and bonds. That's that's up to you. But you also can invest in alternative investments, which Essentially, the, the IRS doesn't say what you can invest in as opposed to they, they tell you what you can't invest in. And so you couldn't invest in collectibles. You couldn't, you know, like stamp collections or art collections or car collections. Uh, you can't invest in um, insurance policies. But for the most part, it's pretty open what you can, you could go and invest in a business. If you wanted to go, you know, open a, a franchise, you could open a franchise. Uh, you can, somebody's opening, you know, some kind of new business that they want to get, you can invest in it. The one thing that you do have to be careful of, uh, it can't be a business that you're going to be working in that you're going to be running. You can't invest in your own business. It has to be somebody else's. You can't be self-dealing. So you can't be doing work or sweat equity within that business that you're investing with your IRA. So there are rules that you have to be concerned with. But there's a great advantage to having the flexibility of different variety of businesses, including real estate, that you can invest in. You can give out loans. You can uh, invest in fix and flips. You can invest in buy and holds, you know, apartments, all kinds of different things that you can uh, invest in that you weren't, that you wouldn't have been able to with your, uh, your, your regular uh, accounts. Mm. Yeah, that it, that sounds like an awesome option for people that I think that so many people probably just were never aware of, you know, and it, it seems like there's just a lot of uh, probably misconception about the whole topic uh, in general. And uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show to kind of uh, provide some insight and, and clarify much of this. Uh, this sounds awesome. Is, is there any companies uh, that you would recommend, Jeff, um, uh, to assist with this whole operation? Well, there's, there's 
a lot of companies out there, and I'm kind of hesitant to go and, and name any any one in, in particular. You know, if I think if people contact me one on one, I'd be glad to point some out that that I've had some contact with. Um, but rather than putting it out, you know, to the general audience, I'd, I'd prefer not to do that. But there are there's plenty of good companies out there, and there's a lot of new ones that I'm not aware of. Um, I've met people that are running different companies. So there's a lot of them out there. The main thing is you want to make sure that you can invest in alternative investments. Um, some of them offer uh, checkbook control uh, where you actually invest in a company uh, that you that you fund through your IRA, your IRA and then you can uh, actually write checks. You're the managing member, so you can actually write checks for different activities. So it depends a lot on what you're planning on doing. If you're doing a, um, a fix and flip where you need to pay a lot of bills, you don't want to have an IRA company that's going to charge you for every transaction. If it's even a buy and hold, you're not going to want to have to pay a fee for every time you want to pay a bill or every time money comes in from the property. Now, something like a syndication where you're coming in as a passive investor, where there's not a lot of activity going on, not a lot of money going out, but maybe money coming in. You just want to make sure that the fee structure is set up for whatever you plan on doing with that IRA. Beautiful. Okay. So um, you may have just answered our, our next question right there. Just wondering, any last words of wisdom for our listeners before we go? Maybe kind of watch the fee structure. Would you say, would that be a safe bet? Yeah, that would be the main thing is, is watching the fee structure. Also look to see the size of the company. You want to make sure that's a good, stable company. You might be a little cautious about companies that are that are new. You want to make sure that they're going to be uh, you know, stable, that you're, you're trusting your funds uh, to them. You may want to get references on anybody else that's that's used them as far as the ease of use. Uh, some of the companies we've seen are more difficult to work with as far as the sponsor side. And I've had some companies that have asked me some very strange questions and, and actually asked us to change our operating agreement or our offering for some reason. And um, so it needs to be some company or at least that has employees that are familiar with the process. Some are a little more complicated than others, but, you know, there's so many of them out there that it's just hard to uh, specifically give you one or the other. Oh, geez. Change the offering and the, and the operating agreement. That, that's, that's no uh, easy task, you know? So if someone wants to get a hold of you, Jeff, and, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit about um, everything that you're talking about here, maybe get some recommendations for some companies, um, give us that website one more time and, and the best way for people to get a hold of you. Well, my website is uh, synergeticig.com. That's S Y N E R G E T. ICIG.com, and they could email me at jeff at synergeticig.com with the same spelling. Well, all right. 
Good stuff. Again, Jeff, uh, you know, amazing, you know, these tips here, you know, uh, uh, crucial stuff. I'm, I'm sure, again, that there's probably a lot of people listening to this, you know, th- they've got some fun sitting around or maybe that you just kind of uh, open their eyes on this whole topic in general about how they can use funds uh, to start to to get involved in, in, like you saw, all these different options, alternative investments, you know, investing in apartments, things of that nature. And uh, love it. Again, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and uh, highly appreciated. We will see you again real soon, I hope. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Passive Investing School. Be sure to check out PassiveInvestingSchool.com to help you with your journey of being a successful passive investor.